Welcome to the Exercises for Everyone podcast, where we talk about all things related to exercise, regardless of having limitations or not. Our guests provide information, insight, and inspiration to get you moving and keep you going. My name is Wendy Kleinke, and I am your host. So let's get started. All right, welcome to the Exercises for Everyone podcast. Today, I'm really excited. We have Amanda Lee with us. Amanda is a wellness entrepreneur, and she teaches all different types of wellness. She's going to talk to us today a little bit about the epiphany that she had and how it changed and impacted the role of exercise in her life. Amanda, welcome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I'm really excited to hear your story and for you to share with us a little bit about, um, you know, of course, about what you do and who you help, but also about your own personal experience. How did that come about where you're changed, where you had a change of thought, where you started thinking differently about what you were doing with and for your body? Well, first of all, I will say that if you're working out for that reason, what I now believe is that that is a huge waste of your time and energy. It is just a waste of it in the sense that you're probably doing a workout that you don't love or that you feel like you have to do. You're doing it for the sole purpose of what you look like on the outside and having some kind of physical appearance, which really has nothing to do with your health. It's a very small piece of your actual health of your mind and body. And when, you know, for me, when I was going to the gym and I was counting those crunches and I was you know, doing my 30 minutes on the treadmill. It was all about counting the reps. It was all about watching the time and how much more time do I have and when can I get off this treadmill? So the energy that I was using to do that workout was wasted because I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't doing it from any kind of pleasure or love. I was doing it because I had to do it to stay thin. I had to get through this 30 minutes on the treadmill. I had to get those 10 more crunches in that day. And so that's why I say it, it was it's a waste of your time and energy because you're just giving to it and it's like the slog and it's so hard and you don't enjoy it. And working out should be enjoyable. Your exercise, whatever it is, should be so much fun. You should want to do it and enjoy doing it because then you show up differently for it. It's not something that you're just doing because you have to and it's not a waste of your time. It's an investment of your time into your health and your well-being. And so to answer your second part of the question, it was a long journey for me getting to that point. And the journey began with me really learning how to care for myself. There was a point in my life when I realized that I was really good at taking care of my survival needs. I had learned that really well growing up. I could pay my bills. I could, you know, I went to work on time and I did all of that but I was not good at caring for myself, which is completely different than just making sure my survival needs are met. I didn't know how to nurture myself. I didn't know how to love myself. I would say back then, I barely even liked myself. Forget about loving myself. I didn't know how to give to myself. I thought that self-care was selfish. I believed that going for a massage once a year was a great way to practice self-care. I now know it has absolutely nothing to do with that, but that's what I thought. And uh, so over the years, I was learning how to give to myself, how to practice self-care, how to fill myself first. 
And while I was doing that, I learned how to love myself. I learned how to appreciate this body that I have that moves me through the world. I learned how to nurture it. And there was a moment for me, I will never forget it. There was a moment for me when I was in a HIIT class doing this intense workout and I realized I am no longer working out because I care about what this body looks like. I am working out because I care about what this body feels like. I want this body to be as healthy as it can be because this is the vessel that moves me through life. And it always will be. I don't get to trade it in one day. I don't get to like say this body part doesn't work. Can I have a new one? So it's my sole responsibility to make sure that I keep this vessel as healthy as possible. And I know that keeping myself active, exercising, uh, making sure that I'm physical is helping me to do that in all areas, you know, for my, my balance and my flexibility and my muscle tone and my cardiovascular health. It's helping me in all those areas. I don't want to wake up one day and need a knee replacement. I don't want to wake up one day and not be able to get out of bed because my body aches. So I know that what I do today impacts tomorrow. And I know that I have to be giving to myself today and doing the things that my body needs to be as healthy as possible. And I want to do it because I love this body. I love myself. So it's not a chore for me to work out. It's a want to do. Well, thank you so much for having me here, Wendy. First, let me say that. I'm thrilled to be having this conversation with you. Uh, yeah, so for all of my 20s and into my early 30s, I always worked out in some way. So I was either uh, you know, a member at a gym or I would do boot camp classes or I, you know, for a while I joined a running class and I did running. And so I was always doing something to keep myself physical and some kind of exercise. And my whole goal was to keep my body thin. So I wanted to be a certain size because I thought that that's what I needed to be. Uh, I wanted to keep my abs as tight as I could. I worked out for the sole purpose of what I looked like on the outside. And at the time, I would have told you that I was really healthy and I was working out for my health, but it was a lie. I wasn't because although I was working out very regularly, I was eating mostly processed foods. I was going to the pub after work and having a few drinks in the evening. So I was certainly not living a healthy lifestyle by any means, but I thought because I was really good at going to the gym, I was really good at going to my classes and working out. I thought that that made me healthy. And because my body was thin, I thought that that made me healthy. What I realized years later, was that that was not true. When you started talking, you were talking about how when you were working out to have that certain type, that certain body type, that certain, you know, a certain physique, and that you were hating the exercise, you were like waiting for it to be over. Now that you've shifted to thinking more about taking care of your body to be well, how has that impacted the way that you feel about what you're doing when you're exercising? Ah, this is a good question, Wendy. So now 
It's not a chore. It's not a have to do. It's not a thing that I've got to go to the gym today. I've got to get that workout in. I got to do the running class or whatever it was, fill in the blank that I was doing. Now, so right now I'm, I'm doing yoga almost every day as one of my primary physical exercises. So now it's, it's a joy and it's a pleasure for me to get on that mat. I want to do it. I feel so good when I do it. And when I'm doing it, there's always a moment. It doesn't matter what I'm, what I'm doing for the exercise or for the workout. So maybe I'm hiking, maybe I'm walking along the boardwalk. We're lucky enough to live in a city with a beautiful beach in our neighborhood. So maybe I'm doing that, or maybe I'm on the yoga mat, whatever it is. But there's always this moment where I give gratitude and thanks to my body. Thank you so much for showing up to me for me the way that you do. And this is how I want to thank you. I want to do what is going to be really good for you so that you can continue to show up for me. And so now it's a completely different experience. The experience, it sounds like, has just really changed. Like, it sounds like you're entirely. Totally. Yeah, like it's, it's totally different. And it sounds like it's totally better. Yeah, oh, to totally. It's because it's, as I was saying earlier, it's the want to. It's not a have to. And there's a huge difference in how you show up in your life for a want to or a have to. If you have to do it, it's a chore. You don't really want to do it. You, you feel like you need to do it. It becomes arduous. But when it's a want to, you just willingly do it. You look forward to it. You're anticipating it. You get excited about it. I want, I, I want to get up in the morning and go for my morning walk at 5.30. I want to do that because it feels really good to do that. And there, there's a huge difference in that want to and have to in your energy, in your mindset, in the way that you go about doing it. Yeah. So you talked about having an epiphany and now you teach, and I'm not sure what you were doing at the time as far as, you know, your career, but now you are actually teaching wellness to other people. How do you help people through that journey that maybe didn't have an epiphany? Like, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, how do you get from that thought of, I hate doing this and it's awful to, this is awesome and my body loves it and I love it because my body loves it. Like, how do you get to that state of mind? Another great question. So for me, it was learning it was two pieces. It was learning gratitude and being grateful for my body. So in the beginning, I wasn't, I didn't know how to practice gratitude. And I wasn't really, I wasn't really grateful for, for these things. I mean, I could say the words, but I didn't really feel it viscerally. But over time, I learned how to really feel the words that I was saying and, uh, and not just say them for the sake of saying them. So first of all, it was practicing gratitude. I am so grateful for this body. I am so grateful that this body gets up every day. I'm so grateful for my hips. I'm so grateful for my, you know, my thighs that could be thinner, but they're beautiful the way they are. Do you know whatever it is? So it's, it was gratitude coupled with learning how to love myself learning how to be in love with me. 
And these are the things that I always work on with clients. This is one of the foundational pieces when I'm working with clients is teaching women how to be in gratitude for themselves and for their life and how to love themselves. Because when you love yourself, you will naturally want to care for yourself. You will naturally want to do good things for yourself. So think about all the people in your life that you love, your children, your spouse, your parents, your pets, whatever. How do you treat them? You treat them pretty good, right? You want good things for them. You want them to be happy. You want them to be healthy. You're willing to go the extra mile for them because you love them. The same is true for you. When you love yourself, you are willing to show up for yourself. You will naturally care for yourself from that love that you feel. And so for me, it was the practice of gratitude and learning to love myself. And this wasn't something that I learned overnight. This was a journey. It was a process. And I would say the biggest thing, the biggest thing that you want to be doing with these practices is consistency. So learning to love yourself isn't a 30-day program. Practicing gratitude isn't something you do once or twice a month. It is every single day looking at yourself in the mirror, expressing gratitude for your body and saying I love you to that reflection in the mirror. Learning that those two things are foundational. And the key to it is being consistent. I still, I mean, I've been doing this for like 15 years. I still do this every single day. So it's not something that you do and you've got it figured out, check it off your list. I don't have to do that anymore because love is infinite, right? So the more that you are practicing loving yourself, the more you love yourself and not from an ego space. This has nothing to do with ego. This is just pure love from your heart space. Yeah, I think that's really profound. You know, you're talking about consistency and what you're, what I'm hearing from you, like I'm seeing two parallel things at the same time. So like anytime that you're trying to attain any kind of a goal, whether it's related to your body, your mind, or your spirit, consistency is really the key to making those changes right? And what I'm hearing you say is that you're practicing exercises, <laughs> not necessarily physical exercises, right? Not necessarily like, right. you know, body movements, but you're, you're practicing exercises to get you there. And you're doing it regularly yes. and consistently. I love that. Yes. I love yes. that. So what does wellness, like how are wellness and exercise related to each other? Well, being physically active is a component of your wellness, right? So you want to be well in all areas of your life. When you're talking about wellness, you want to be well physically. You want to be well emotionally. You want to be well uh, mentally. You want to be well spiritually. So all of these aspects of your life. And many of the practices that you can be doing, for example, exercising will work on all of those areas. So of course, it helps you to be very physically fit and healthy. But it also helps you mentally because it helps you with reducing stress and managing anxiety and depression. And uh, it helps you emotionally, again, for those same reasons. And and it helps your spiritual self as well, because you are 
in a more whole complete place because all those other areas are ticked off. So many of the, of the practices that you can bring into your life with self-care will work on more than one area, but you wanna be well in all areas. And for me, that's what wellness is. Optimal wellness is being well all over, like the whole uh, map, you know, all the places. So can you just go over those places again? So like, it sounds like there's four components of wellness. Is that right? So, well, yeah. So I always, when I talk with clients, I always say you want to be well physically. Of course, you want your physical health. You want to be well emotionally. You want to be managing emotions. You want to be well mentally. Mental health, especially right now with this pandemic, really is important. Uh, and then you want to be well spiritually. We often forget about spiritual health, but this is also a, a place that needs to be filled up in our life as well. And so those are the, the areas that I, when I'm working with clients, I always want uh, clients working on all of those pieces. I don't just want you to be eating well. I don't just want you to be sleeping well. I don't just want you to be uh, exercising well uh, because it's going to help you physically those things are also going to help you in all the other areas. So how are these, the, the areas of wellness, how are they interconnected? Like, it sounds to me like you can, when you're working on one, you're kind of working on all of them. Is that right? Often, yes. And it's because we are all interconnected. So my mind is not separate from my body. Like I don't just have like my head and then there's like a space and then there's my physical body, right? Like we're all one, we're all connected. And so, yeah, when you're working on one, you, you often are working on the others as well. Yeah, that's excellent. That, that, that's excellent. So when it comes to wellness, like I think that we often hear the terms wellness and fitness often paired with health, right? So health and wellness, health and mm. fitness. So how is wellness different from fitness? Well, I think that fitness, when I think of fitness, that is physically fit. Do you know? Fitness is working out. It's exercising. It's, it's that. Whereas wellness is all of the areas, it's all of those components that we were talking about. Yeah, I completely agree. Fitness is definitely more about the physical um, realm, you know, ab about um, taking care of your body and taking care of those components. But wellness is something bigger, I think, than just fitness, right? So yeah, yeah. It, it, I think fitness is definitely contributes to your wellness, but your wellness is something, it's something bigger. Definitely. Yes, something definitely. So what are some ways that we can know that what we're doing for our fitness, for our fitness is helping our wellness? Mm. Yeah, I love this question. So uh, I feel like if you're loving what you're doing for your fitness, that is hugely contributing to your wellness. If what you're doing for your fitness feels like a chore or it feels arduous or it's like, oh, I got to do that again, or you're doing what I used to do, like staring at the clock, waiting for that 30 minutes to go down so you can get off the treadmill, <laughs> that is not contributing in a really positive way to your wellness. But 
if you're working out, if you're doing something that you love for your fitness, like right now, for example, I'm loving yoga. Am I going to love yoga 10 years from now? I don't know, maybe. But right now, I'm loving yoga and I'm really embracing yoga. So when I get on the mat, I'm loving that fitness regime that that just feels really good to my body right now. And could I go and do a running class right now? Absolutely not. Uh, nothing wrong with running. I loved it for the years that I did it, but I'm not in that space anymore. Will I be there again one day? Perhaps, but right now I'm not. So if I was going to go for a run, that would feel like a chore. But for me to get on the yoga mat feels so good. And that contributes more positively to my overall wellness. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me, and you know, I also have gone through those same types of phases that you're talking about with my fitness, where I really enjoyed swimming for a time. And there was a time in my life where I was running. I enjoy lifting weights. I tend to go back to yoga and weightlifting repeatedly, but I usually am not doing both of them at the same time, even though I probably should, <laughs> but I, but I don't, but what would you say to someone who, I mean, how would you encourage them to maybe find something different? Like if, if someone was discovering, you know, realizing that I don't think I really like doing this anymore. Like what are some tips that you would give to someone who might maybe need to change the type of exercise that they're doing? What, how would you help them with that? Yeah. So first of all, I feel like, you know, when you're doing something that you don't really want to be doing anymore, you can feel that because it, it does feel kind of like a chore. So if you're having that experience, then, you know, really you can tune in and listen to your body. What does my body want to do? Like what kind of movement does my body want to have? And if you're having a hard time getting the answer to that, then try some things that you think would be of interest to you. So maybe you right now, you can't, you know, in many places go somewhere and take a class, but there's certainly things on YouTube that you can look up and you can, you know, maybe do a YouTube yoga video or do, you know, something just to, just to try it out and see how it feels for your body. But I feel like it's really common to move through different seasons and different phases of our life. And as we do, the way that we want to work out becomes different as well. And so it's really important to pay attention to where you are and what your body is craving and wanting at that time and allow yourself to move with it. You know, like just because I loved running for a few years, it, it's really okay that I don't love running today. It, there's nothing wrong with running. And lots of people love running and it's great for them and that's fantastic and maybe one day I will love it again too but today my body really doesn't want to do that. It would much rather go for a hike or be on the yoga mat. I totally hear that like what you're saying has been a lot of my experience too like I used to really love running and then I just couldn't do it anymore like I was having issues with it so I stopped and now I really love hiking. I love hiking. I love hiking and I love yoga and um, I, I love lifting weights too. So how does, how does, how does this all interconnect, right? So how can you think about being well, 
and worrying, like, you know, caring about your health and well-being, what are some of the other things that we should be thinking about? Like, we talk on this podcast a lot about exercise. We talk a lot about, like, the different types of activities. And um, a lot of people talk about mindset on here and about how important that is. But how can you think a little bit, like, as, as we talked about earlier, like, wellness is bigger than fitness. So how can we, how can we be more well? How can we... How can we work on our wellness? What are some of, give us some tips for that. Great question. So some of the key components that you want to be looking at in your life are, as we've just talked a lot about right now, is how are you physically moving your body? This is really important. You need to be doing that every single day, whatever your skill level is. It doesn't matter. I say to clients all the time, if all you can do is walk around the block, go for a walk around the block and enjoy that walk around the block because that walk around the block will eventually turn into two blocks and then three blocks and so on and so forth. So wherever you are, get your body moving every single day, physical movement, sleep. Sleep is huge. This is a huge component. And the interesting thing about sleep is this is one of the first things that people will give up in order to get more hours in their day. How many times have you done that? <laughs> Kept yourself up later than your body wanted to stay up so that you could finish emails or get this chore done or whatever, whatever. But I always say, prioritize sleep, set yourself a bedtime, and then give yourself 30 to 60 minutes before that bedtime to unwind from the day. This means no electronics. You get off your phone, you get off your computer. You're ideally not even watching TV. You're preparing your body for sleep. So maybe you're enjoying a warm bath. Maybe you're doing some meditating. Maybe you're doing some light reading. You know, there's many things that you can do to prepare your body for sleep, but to help yourself unwind from the day. Prioritize sleep. I cannot stress this enough. When you are sleeping really well, when you're getting enough sleep and your sleep is really good sound sleep, where you go through all the sleep cycles, you will wake up a different person. You literally will go through the world differently because you can manage your stress better. You're going to naturally want to eat better because you're not going to be relying on caffeine and sugar and all that stuff to keep you going throughout the day, which gets you off of that roller coaster of the highs and the lows and the spikes and the dips in your energy. So, I mean, I could do a whole chat on sleep, so I won't continue going into sleep, but sleep is really, really, really important. Um, you also want to be making sure that you're eating well and that you're staying well hydrated. Again, we hear this all the time. I think we don't even hear it because it's said all the time, but it's said all the time because it's so important and it really does influence how you feel. And so ensuring that you're well hydrated and that you're eating as much whole food as possible, as little processed stuff as you can. I know you're going to eat processed food. That's the world we live in and that's okay. Just, you just don't want to be doing that all the time. So eating well, sleeping well, moving well. And then you also want to be giving yourself time away from the distractions of life. So maybe that's meditating every day. Maybe it's sitting and, you know, reading for half an hour every day, whatever that looks like for you. But you want that time where you're going to turn your phone off, you're going to get away from all your to do's, and you're just going to sit and be in still and quiet and fill yourself up with that rather than all the distractions that we have 
uh, in our world. We are bombarded with stuff all day long. Our mind and body needs to come down from that and it needs to unwind from it. So you want to be giving yourself that kind of time as well. And I even suggest to people, you know, you can be doing this if you don't want to give yourself, say, half an hour in the day, give yourself five or 10 minutes every hour. So at the end of an hour, you give yourself five minutes. Maybe you go stand outside for five minutes on your front step and just breathe deeply some fresh air. And then you go back in and you do some more work. Or, you know, maybe you uh, give yourself five minutes to just sit and enjoy five minutes of a cup of tea. And then you go back to work. So, or whatever you're doing. So you can give yourself these little mini uh, moments of time and it greatly helps to increase your productivity and your creativity and how you manage stress and you know how you feel because we're not meant to go 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 all day long you know we need we need time away from it all so so just you know i would just say again sleeping well moving well eating well that includes ensuring that you're well hydrated and giving yourself that time away from everything so you're that time of like unwind and come down away from all of the noise these are all really important components i love the tips that you were giving about preparing to sleep i think so many times like we think that we're unwinding when we're sitting in front of the television. And in reality, like that's not necessarily, you're not, not doing true. yourself any favors. So could you yeah. like give us a little bit more of a rundown of like the preparing for sleep as a put, like, like you were talking about, like, and, and I also think you can almost kind of combine the lack of distractions with the preparing for sleep, I mean, do you ever advise your clients to, to do that? Like to take away all the distractions before bed? Is that part of what you teach? Oh, it's definitely. Yes, definitely. It's a huge part of what I teach. Um, yes. And so it's just like, so for anybody who's a parent listening, if you've read any kind of parenting book, almost every single parenting book will talk about having a bedtime routine for your little ones and you want to start it early. So it talks about, you know, giving your infant or toddler a bath, keeping it at the same time as much as you can every night, turning the lights down low, talking in a softer voice, maybe giving them a, a little massage after their bath, reading a bedtime story, listening to some lullabies or soft music. There's these things that, that parenting books talk about and it helps the children to come down from the day, to unwind and to prepare for sleep. And when you do this at the same time every day, as much as you can with your schedule, it helps to teach their body, oh, this is my time to start to calm down and relax and get ready for bed. Well, guess what? It doesn't change when you become an adult. We still need that as adults, but we think we don't. We think that we can watch the nightly news and then turn it off and crawl into bed and we shouldn't have any problems falling asleep and it doesn't work that way. We need that just as much as children do. So I strongly urge this to all my clients. It is Sleep is one of the first areas that I work on with clients. And I, I talk about this 
and I call it an evening ritual because I don't like the word routine. I like the word ritual better. And when you like the words that you're using, you're more likely to want to do it because it feels better to you. So it's my evening ritual and I encourage everybody to have an evening ritual. So again, you set your bedtime and your bedtime gets determined by what time do you have to be up in the morning? So if you know you have to be up at six and you know that eight hours of sleep is ideal for you, you do the math. That means you need to be in bed at 10 to get that eight hours. And so that 10 o'clock then becomes your bedtime. And your bedtime really, unless something you know happens that is out of your control, that bedtime is a non-negotiable. So that's how bedtime needs to be. It needs to be like, 10 o'clock is when I go to bed. I'm not going to push myself to stay up till 11. 10 o'clock is when I know that I need to be in bed. So it's a non-negotiable. It's a priority to be in bed for 10. And then you give yourself 30 to 60 minutes prior to that for your evening ritual time. And this is your unwind time. So this is when you want to be getting off of all of your electronics. Uh, you want to be doing all of the things that help to bring calm and relaxation to your mind and body. So think about things like keeping the lighting low, maybe using lamps or using dimmers on overhead lights, uh, perhaps lighting candles, maybe bringing in some calming essential oils like lavender or alang-alang or chamomile. These are great calming essential oils that you can use. Maybe having a cup of calming tea. There's tons of calming teas on the market. Go to your local health food store or supermarket and, and you'll see lots of teas to help you with sleep and to help bring calm. So maybe you're gonna have a cup of tea. Enjoying a, a bath or a shower is another fantastic way to bring calm to the body. And if you're gonna have a bath, you might wanna put in some Epsom salts, which is also going to further help to uh, calm and also to help your muscles <laughs> to relax them as well. Um, and if you can, enjoy a bath by candlelight or dimmed lighting. So when we moved into our, our house, I made my husband change the, the lights on all of our bathrooms to dimmer switches for this reason. So that when, when we're giving the kids a bath, we have the lighting on low. I have a bath in the evening and I put the lighting on low and then I have a couple of candles as well. Listening to calming music. This is another great way to unwind. Meditation, another fantastic way. Doing some light reading. So nothing too you know, heavy or serious, but just some light reading just to kind of help relax your mind from the day and forget about all the stressors that you had going on. So all of these are great ways to help unwind your body and your mind. And then when 10 o'clock comes, you're less likely to toss and turn for an hour and you're more likely to fall asleep with ease. You're also more likely to stay asleep throughout the night because you've given yourself that time to relax and reduce your stress and any anxiety and any stuff that's swirling around in your mind that will keep you up or wake you up at two in the morning. That's less likely to happen. You know, this is so good. As you are talking about this, like I am just thinking about how everything is so connected because when you sleep better, you have more energy. And when you have more energy, exercise is easier. And when you exercise, you sleep better. And when you are able to limit your distractions, like it all kind of plays together. Like I, I love how you're putting this together for us, especially with the distractions, because I think that the world that we live in, 
we are bombarded with distractions, like you said. And for some reason, we seem to get away from, like, you know, children kind of know who they are, right? <laughs> Even though they don't know that they know who they are, they kind of know who they are. And yeah, yeah. somewhere along the lines, that kind of gets lost in the busyness of being an adult. And you, you're not the, I've actually talked to a couple of people that the the episodes haven't even been released yet. So you would have no way of knowing this, but I talked to a couple other people that also brought up being a child and like what you did when you were a child. And they were talking about different things, but I love it that you're bringing up like when you're children, this is what you do. This is how you calm down. This is how you get ready for bed. When you, you know, like when you want your kids to sleep all night, you prepare them for it. And sometimes mm -hmm. we don't do that for ourselves. Why not? Right. Why not? This is, this is just, very insightful. I love everything that you're saying. So Amanda, like, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I mean, you're a wellness entrepreneur. What does that mean? Yeah. So, so essentially this is what I do. I work with women, helping them to improve their health and their well-being through self-care practices. So, you know, the saying, you can't get water from a well that's dry. We've all heard this saying, and it is very true. If there's no water in the well, you're not getting any water, right? And the same is true for you. So think of yourself as that well. If you are not giving to that well and you're not filling that well up, what happens? You burn out. You end up running on empty. And when you're running on empty, you're not going to last very long. You can fake it for a while but it will catch up with you and it will usually catch up with you in the form of your health. And so I always say you need to put yourself at the top of your to-do list and you need to be filling your own well first so that you're living and giving from your full self rather than trying to do it from your depleted self, which is way more work and much more exhausting. And so it's about learning how to self-care. And many women struggle with this, don't know how to self-care because just like me, grew, grew up being taught how to make sure the basic survival needs are met, but maybe learning either directly being told this or inadvertently through what you were shown or being told that looking after yourself is selfish that doing things for yourself is selfish and nobody wants to be selfish, right? So women are often very good in particular, I'm generalizing of course, but in, in, uh, in general, women are often very good at giving and nurturing others and not very good at doing it for themselves. And could you imagine the world that we would live in if we all learned how to give and nurture ourselves first? Honestly, we would live in a completely different world, truly. So, so I teach women how to do that, how to give to yourself, how to put yourself at the top of your to-do list without feeling guilty, because there is no need to feel guilty for caring for yourself and, uh, and filling your own well. And so we work on all of those beliefs that keep us, or yeah, the beliefs that keep us from doing that, all the stories that we were told growing up, all of the things that aren't true, but we're still living as truth. We work on that, unraveling all of that. And then we work on incorporating self-care into our life and getting out of this idea that self-care is spa days and bubble baths and, 
you know, going for massages, which of course certainly fall under the self-care umbrella term. That's a really big term. But self-care is so much more than that. Self-care is all of the small things that you do for yourself consistently every single day. Exercise is self-care. Ensuring that you're well hydrated is self-care. Sleeping well is self-care. So, you know, I can go on and on, but but it's it's ensuring that you're doing all of these things for yourself so that you are full. Your well is full and that you are then giving to others from that full place. That's excellent. Excellent. And so it, if someone wanted to get in touch with you and maybe talk about working together or learn more about what you do, where's the best place to find you? So uh, two places to find me really easily. First of all, you can head over to yourlivewelljourney.com. That's my website. You'll find free recipes on there and blog posts on there and, and lots of free information to help you. Uh, there's also more information about the mentoring program that I have there as well. And you can also connect with me on the website. So yourlivewelljourney.com. You can also head over to Facebook and join my private Facebook group, which is Live Well Insiders. So this is a private Facebook group for women who are interested in improving their health and well-being through self-care. It is a group where we support each other and uplift each other. And I share posts regularly in the group, helping to inspire and encourage. And I do lots of lives and lots of free events in that group. So uh, that is Facebook Live Well Insiders. And then you can also uh, check me out on Instagram, Your Live Well Journey, if you're an Instagram follower and follow the posts and uh, what I have there, because that will also give you lots of inspiration. And then I have a weekly podcast. So uh, the podcast is Your Live Well Journey, the podcast, Your Live Well Journey, the podcast, easy to remember. Uh, and that podcast can be found on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And every week there's new episodes that go out. Amanda, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all of your tips about sleeping well, eating well, moving well. I think that these are ideas that are absolutely appropriate. And I, I do think that sometimes people really need to hear, like, you need to slow down and you need to, you know, take care of yourself so that you can be your best self. I love this. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure talking to you, Wendy. I love your podcast. I love the message that you share. So I'm honored to be a guest on it. And I thank you very much. Thanks again. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. You know where to find Amanda if you'd like to work with her or learn more about what she's doing. I will have the links for you in the show, in, in the show notes. Have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for listening. One more thing before you go. As a fitness professional, I have a great love of exercise and a passion that there always be a space for people to get together and enjoy the types of exercise that they love. If you're interested in learning tips and strategies to help you build a fitness community of your own, please join us on Facebook. We have a free group called The Lifted Community where we talk about these ideas. Just search The Lifted Community on Facebook. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. 